0: all right we're goddamn doing this i've been procrastinating all morning and week to be honest because it's sunday i should have done this on monday but it is the 21st of october just after 12 p.m on a as i said sunday in the middle of october well kind of two-thirds of the way through and pretty exciting stuff because at the end of the week i will be in melbourne this time in exactly one week i will be on the last day of pax so should be interesting. I'll try and do a podcast. Like I'll bring the laptop and everything and get something done like as a reaction to the Saturday night if I have time because the Thursday there's a dinner. The Friday I'll probably see my cousin, the reactionist outright troll that he is. Can't pick him. You know, deep down he's a good bloke. So yeah, Saturday there's also another Bethesda dinner. So can't say out no of that. Free food and you get to mingle with the movers and shakers in the scene. Sunday back to packs. I still haven't got a confirmation, and I can't be mad about it. From Noel, that I'm in. I thought I had a rough sort of general. It's hard, to, like a vague hint that I'd be good, that I'd be down from the Facebook exchange that we had. But then, in an email recently, he was like, "Oh, I can't promise anything. I'll just have to cross my fingers." Again, I can't be like truculent or bitter about it. It's just the way it is. It's very hard for him to respond to the 10 million like emails and messages that he gets. He's been traveling a lot. So I just can't expect free shit all the time. So I've just got to take what I'm given and not bitch about it either way. Like I can't afford tickets now and I don't think you can just walk in and buy them. So worst case scenario, I get to go to the dinners. I'll still hang out at packs you can lobby con the thing. I'm sure. There'll be lots of cosplay, which is what I'm there for, really. There's panels and stuff, but when I'm wearing the suit, that's not going to be really an option. So, And given how much I spent on the suit recently, $500 plus, uh, I'll just be wearing that, I think, most of the time. And hopefully it'll stay together, and I won't die from heat exhaustion or sore shoulder. Huh. God, I'm such a bitch. Uh, that's looking forward to that. Otherwise, it's usual stuff, work. That's all it's been lately. Business has been on and off, like we got a bit more stuff going because two other outfits lost their own. You know, they normally fuel themselves, but their trucks are out of of action, thankfully. So we step step in to fill the void. I kind of stuffed up Friday because I was in touch with a guy, assuming he was at a certain site and he was from something completely different. I still haven't figured out where he's from. He said, I'll be fine till Monday. I don't know where he is. Uh, I know his name's Wazza, because that's all I got back from him. But I assumed he was the dude that I'd been talking to that was out at Worrywood. He wasn't. They got back to us in the afternoon. We're like, where are you? By then it was 3.30. There was no way we're going to make it out there in time to fill them up. So luckily they made it to Saturday morning. So I got a bit of overtime there. Probably wouldn't have been able to charge them for that. But thankfully they had another job going on that we could. So I still get my four hours and uh, hopefully four more from a Greco. That's one of the weird things about this job is that uh, they do charge a call out fee on the weekend and I get some of that, at least four hours pay, no matter how long it takes, which is cool. But in my mind, it's like, well, if you're doing two different companies, they're both getting charged that call out fee. Why don't I get a slice of both of those fees? Like we do from the fuel and everything else. And considering I had to give up seeing the kid in the morning, it ended up okay because I saw him in the afternoon, But Still, you know, it's precious time. It's free time that we don't usually just give away for nothing. We should, hypothetically, if there's six different jobs, or six different clients, should be raking it in on a weekend. Uh, I know that's not, if you follow that logic all the way through, it might get a bit silly, but at least those two different clients I should be all right for, considering how slow things are. Got to take all we can get. Um, yeah, so that was the only real hiccup during the week. Other than getting bogged in my own front yard, That's, that's a new one. It's been raining for almost two weeks nonstop. And I guess that finally took its toll on my grass because damn, that shit is soft. I parked on it the other afternoon. I can't remember, was it the Thursday? I had to use truck one. I had to race in and pick that up and be a bit late for everything. And thankfully people stepped in to help out. Yeah, after all that I could do was done and got home, it was just sitting there. I could not move the thing. So Sebastian came out with his Falcon Ute we chucked some gravel in it. Got a couple of those ice like track mats or something. They're like these plastic sleds that you slide under the rear wheels. If it was as easy as that, if only it was as easy as that. We had to dig for a while. We had to get some jack stands. Then we had to steal some like utility company covers, like these really heavy plastic concrete type things and slide them under the truck. Put the jack stands on those just to raise it up enough so we could slide under these traction pads and then we kinda got some movement but we're still so buried like the front tires just sunk like three feet into the ground, it was nuts, it was up to the axles, the steering arms were like buried into the soil, so we're a little bit worried about that but eventually we got it moving again we had to drive out to in the ute, get some gravel from crushing so we got about 300 kilos now sitting on my front lawn, it looks like got hit by a shell in World War One, so you know if there's ever any Activity going on around here with an insurrection or some kind of uprising, I will have somewhere to hide. It was just fucking crazy, so and silly me went and parked there again last night just before a storm came in. So hopefully I can get out tomorrow morning. It hasn't rained today so far, and at least I kind of I didn't go all the way over to the edge of the like the far end of the fence, which is where it's really soft. I kind of tried to stay on the gravel because it does need a wash, and that's something I'll do. Later on this afternoon, after I watch some Daredevil, because we're going to try and do a banana split review with Jaden later on. I better tell him to actually watch one of them. I got a feeling Peter won't have time. He got drunk last night, so he couldn't do one before he goes to work. He's a bit hungover, needs these macas. So, yeah, after 8 o'clock, he finishes at the old IGA, which is like a giant overpriced Costco full of bogans. And then he'll get home and we'll come over, hopefully, and knock one out. Just want to keep it going. Otherwise, you fall off the wagon. It's like going to the gym or martial arts. Which I'm off the wagon for those. Let's not fall off the wagon for the one thing I can consistently do. I did go for a run last week on the Saturday or the Sunday. I can't remember. Yeah, it was a Saturday, Sunday. I'm not sure what happened anymore. So this is why I need to do this regularly. Because if you leave it for weeks, you're like, yeah, things happened. Life was around and I reacted to it, but specifics get lost in time like tears in the rain that's another line I'm trying to memorize. I've got the YouTube clip sitting there Blade Runner Tears in the Rain by Vangelis. It's it's a beautiful clip. It's uh, thrown up by HD Film Tributes it was posted nearly four years ago and I found it a few weeks ago myself and I've just been playing it over and over again. Hopefully I'm not very good at remembering quotes and lines and song lyrics and things like that, but this is th- those lines that uh, Rook de Hauer speaks that he apparently came out with himself at the end of Blade Runner. Yes, please. I want to at least be able to throw them out as some pretentious art student to impress no one. But, you know, it's just a thing I'm into, so I want to pay tribute to it. So there's that. I've got a Reddit thread here about history, which annoyingly was posted in thread... <sighs> was put in the subreddit r history which sucks because their mods are fucking Nazis like they even had to put in a novel of a paragraph about why they've locked it and apparently it's all these silly reasons like oh well when it explodes with comments expressing racism disingenuous revisionism or other content against our rules we don't have the desire to babysit a single post out of many others that also require our attention so basically yeah we don't have time to mod So we're just going to lock it because we've seen a couple of, like, errant commenters that, you know, let it self-police. I agree you've got to be able to come in and curb excesses or things that get out of hand, like if anyone's getting a bit too troll-like or personal. But some of the best stuff in here is, like, the humor that gets exchanged about certain things in history. And then you see it deleted, like, you know, a day or an hour later. It's a little frustrating. So hopefully more history stuff gets posted in Ask, Reddit, and things like that. Because they basically anything goes to a degree, unless it's a serious ask. Reddit thread. They're usually the least interesting ones, so I try and avoid them. You know, it's it's all the humanity in here, and you've got to be able to handle it, just like history with all its foibles. Try and skim over that a little bit. I brought up the first man trivia, uh, which wasn't super interesting. A lot of it. Uh, there was more factual errors than I expected in the goofs because after reading the trivia section it was like everything is perfect they spent years getting it just right and it's all like perfect as this is how it went down and then you go to the factual errors and it's like yeah none of this happened <laughs> though it's it's usually minor stuff uh the dates are slightly off for like to make it easier to watch they've combined a few events together you know it's it's not like they're not trying to say that moon landing was faked or anything but you know, there's things where they refer to people as Mister, where they're in fact doctors, or the launch sequence was incorrect, or a, sc- a crotch strap on a spacesuit's undone. You know, just minus stuff like that. But there's a there's a couple of ones like the response time on the radio between Earth and the Moon was truncated, like made to be almost instant, when there's really like a three second minimum between making a comment and receiving a response. Like, I'm okay with that. But it is kind of weird how some of the details were so perfect. Like really, really small things that only uh, complete nerds would notice. And then other stuff was just kind of skimmed over a bit. I mean, you're never going to get it all 100% right. And that's why the people that care would go here and, and have it confirmed which stuff was legit and which was a bit off. But everyone else is just going to enjoy the movie. Uh, the weirdest one that popped up was that, and this is first man of a, a movie about the journey of america from a couple of rockets to basically landing on the moon and it revealed how dangerous and not as inevitable as you thought it was like i basically thought well yeah they spent a lot of money and pretty much went straight there there was no risk there was no trouble it just happened and and then when you watch the series of events over i think it's like a five year period it's like holy shit this was actually hard and a bunch of people died almost didn't happen so many times. Like, even just the landing of the spacecraft on the moon was now biting And it's, it's really good filmmaking when you... Even though you know what's going to happen, because, well, it, it's history, uh, they still make it a quite intense and dramatic theatrical event. So, that was impressive. Uh, but yeah, this was an odd mistake. Let's put that in air quotes. In the last meal, before the Apollo 11 crew heads into space, Neil Armstrong, Ryan Gosling, is shown eating... But using the European style, which is used in Europe. Well, there you go, that's why it's called that. And practically everywhere else in the world, in which the fork is held in the left hand. Well, that's kind of what I do, because I'm left handed. And brought up to the mouth, tines down. Americans switch their fork from their left hand to the right, and brought to the mouth with the tines pointing up. Ryan Gosling is Canadian, but didn't adopt the American way for the movie. Oh my God, someone just stripped any award that he's ever had away from him and kick him out of Hollywood. Like, it's gotta be the most trivial goof I've ever seen. And who even notices that? How is that? That's something I was completely unaware of, that Americans switch their forks from their left hand to the right and their tines up, whereas everyone else is tines down. Is this a thing? Is this true? Can someone tell me? I post it on Facebook, no one's really sure. Uh, so that's something I'm going to have to look into unless I forget. Cause I don't really care that much, but it's just a really strange thing to find out that Americans just have this one weird quirk, like all of them universally. I know cultural things like that can occur where, it, but that, that just seems really, really like specific. And I'm skeptical that it's such a thing, like it's such a big deal. So we'll leave that below and could go back to the trivia. The other thing that kind of annoyed me is that it's the first Universal Pictures film to use IMAX cameras, which they did so specifically with 70mm film on the moon when they finally got up there. And, you know, you can kind of tell because it's such a wide, beautiful shot. It's got that eerie silence, which is apparently accurate because there's no sound in space and uh, apparently they didn't bother putting any of that uh, out as a 70 mil print universal decided not to make any of those prints for distribution so it seems like kind of a waste would like to have seen them especially when they open up the new imax theater at darling harbour in a year or something the film had a four minute imax preview that played in front of mission impossible this is the second time the universal's universal pictures film had an imax preview Pablo Schreiber plays astronaut Jim Lovell. This role was also played by Tom Hanks in the film Apollo 13. So there was some crossover there, because I don't know how soon after the moon landing Apollo 13 happened, but it really made me want to go and watch that. It's just one of those really big iconic movies that somehow passed me by, Um, and I know it's supposed to be amazing, so that's going on the list. I had some great actors, uh, Jason Clarke as Ed White, and it's weird because that's in the spoiler section, there's a bunch of stuff about him. But it's history, so is that really spoilers? I mean, people forget who died and when, I guess. Yeah, he's really good. And he also starred as Senator Ted Kennedy that happened around the same time. Uh, That's when he uh, crashed his car, I believe, and left it in a lake or a ditch by the side of the road for the girl that he was with to drown in. And it was all sort of basically covered up. Again, a bit of crossover there. And they sort of skipped the whole american flag bit They smoothed over it because and wanted to make a movie that celebrated they wanted to make it less about america than the entire race of humanity just going look we did this amazing thing and that's what it felt like especially during a launch sequence and they pan back they do a lot of stuff where they're like really really focused in on what the astronaut can see so it's very un Especially in the action sequences, you don't see a lot of wide shots. There's not a lot of uh, establishing shots. It's just them stuck in this little tiny capsule or rocket, and it's just really, really claustrophobic, which is cool because it keeps you in the action. and makes it more realistic, I guess. And especially when he's spinning out of control and has to, he's doing everything he can to save it, you're really in there with him. But when they do sparingly use a shot that is wide and you see something like the rocket launch from Cape Canaveral, it is quite impressive. And I did really feel like, wow, we did that 50 years ago. We put a man on top of a giant firecracker and shot him and his friends all the way out into space and got him to separate from that rocket, then separate again from another little rocket, land on the moon and then get back off the moon with almost zero fuel and somehow slingshot around the moon to come home again and land and be alive. And then they had this weird sequence where He's sitting in quarantine for like a month, just in case you brought back space aids or something. It was was a good, I guess, you know, if you watched a science fiction movie and people went to space and caught something and came back and just started walking around in a mall, you'd be like, how do they not put them in some kind of quarantine or check them? So it's good to know that they actually do that. I don't know if that's still what they would do. I suppose this was the first time where anyone had really wandered around in space or at least on another celestial body. So, they wanted to make sure. Felt kind of sorry for him because it looked like a bit of a crap place to sit around for a month. There was no internet. This is uh, very analog technology they're using at the time. So, he just had some newspapers from different countries and that was pretty much it. But yeah, you got they had a nice sequence at the end where he's sitting down and staring at his wife, and the film ends with him and his wife looking at each other, which is apparently also how a couple of his other movies ended including um, that one about Los Angeles. It's like a musical, and it also has Ryan Gosling. She was just in that series that I watched on Netflix. La La Land is the name of the movie. The director, Damien Chazelle, the screenwriter of Spotlight, they all won Academy Awards, basically. The director of photography from La La Land, the editor of Whiplash, which I haven't seen. I still haven't seen La La Land, obviously. It's not one I'd probably watch by myself, but if I can find the right girl... You know who that is um, apparently it was written with ryan gosling in mind which makes sense to me because he's one of the most inscrutable actors like it's really hard to tell what's going on in his head and neil armstrong's almost like autistic in terms of his emotional range it's like he's single-minded and focused on nothing else but getting to the moon and the only thing which kind of per- breaks that robotic like obsession is his uh pining and re- mourning for his daughter who apparently died of cancer when she was quite young so a toddler which I had no idea about yeah it's there's some quite touching scenes about his daughter so that's I don't want to spoil too much of that but I do recommend seeing it as long as you you don't need to have things exploding constantly and you don't mind the slow pace it's it's quite a beautiful movie so that's where I'll leave that I'll give it a good uh, mm, I'll bring that up to like an eight I mean I don't like to Depends on your mood and all that with with uh, ratings like that, but I'll, I'll actually jump on and click it on IMDb. So yeah, you know, it's recorded for posterity. It's an eight, which is quite a high score, I know. But you've got to respect the amount of professionalism that went into it, the acting, the, the research. The, everything was on point. That's where I'm going to leave that. What else happened? I went out on Friday night. I booked tickets for a club night called Airwave. Tim Penner was there, I think his name is. And so he's a new DJ for me. He's been around for 20 years apparently. Airwave uh, is his like professional name, but he's uh, apparently Belgian, which explains the goatee and the weird sort of, was he wearing a cabaret? I don't know, he just had a European kind of look to him, but apparently lives in Melbourne and he's gonna be there on Friday night for a big club night, which would be $50. I only paid like 30 for the Friday night, and I may or may not have had some chemical assistance, which I don't like to confirm, because I know that I have some listeners which aren't huge fans of me personally, or who aren't, and uh, i like to leave some mystery there. <laughs> but basically, if I did, I might have lost some of that anyway. Like, it was just like, gone, on. Because uh, once you go out and you start drinking, things happen, and you just lose track of I even got to the point where I left at 2 in the morning because I had to work the next day, unfortunately. Over time night, I did want to be able to sleep in, but that wasn't happening. So I tried to leave a bit early, got out, and the car park was closed. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to wait till 4 in the morning and get a train, come back here in the afternoon to get the car. What a nightmare. Thankfully, that didn't happen because a bunch of rowdy Asian dudes turned up. were like, dude, have you got your car ticket? Like the actual car park ticket. Cause then you can get us in cause we've left ours in the car. And I'm like, that gets us in. And then I realized if I'd just read the sign, you can, there's a little pin code on the, the parking stub and you can type that in on like a electronic. It's not, not like a touch screen, but it's like this old school code thing and you can just punch it in and let you in. So that was sweet. Pay for it, jump in the car, drive down, Use the little ticket gate, and it opens up the garage door, and you're out. So that was that was a relief. Was good timing. The friend that was uh, Bianca that was in there, and she was straight as an arrow. Like, she didn't even drink. She was just totally stone-cold sober the entire what, and She was there from 10 o'clock or something till 4 in the morning, just bopping away. So there's a true fan, and he's going down to Melbourne, apparently, for his next gig and I'm still on the fence because I'm like 50 dollars and I've got packs the next day. Do I want to have any kind of sleep before I do that? At least I can turn up a little bit late, I, like I could go home and I'm staying in some hotel a little bit out of the center of the city but it's good, at, which reminds me I have to book a hotel for the Thursday night because I was going to stay in Aubrey, but now there's that Bethesda dinner so I want to come down earlier. I still need to book a hotel for Thursday. Maybe the same one, we'll see what's the cheapest. Either way, it's a decent looking place, and I'm only paying like I think it's 150 a night or something. So, not great. I'd rather stay somewhere with friends or at a relative's, but they're all either full like my cousin has a bunch of kids, and I believe it's still the same tiny apartment that I saw last time. And my aunt and uncle are freaking miles away. That was the plan, but I checked it out on the GPS and. The online maps and it was like that is like doing that every morning it's at least an hour and a half through country roads which would be fitting considering this theme song of the game i'm down there to see fallout 76 but not going to happen so i thought i thought i'll try and see them but i don't know they're a long way out they're a long way out of melbourne and they're not really on the way back or on the way to melbourne they're way off dalesford or something like that really in the country so we'll see how i go it's going to be a tight four days and uh, i don't even know if i'll get time to drop into aubrey so we'll just play it by you i'll have to get back to both Annie marie to let her know i won't be staying over and also Annie karen to be like yeah you guys are too far but i'll see if i can drop in maybe on the way home because monday morning i'm out of the hotel and possibly head up towards dalesford apparently mari works during the day so a lunch with her won't be doable but maybe a lunch with karen and, and john and then aubrey in the evening for dinner and then get home quite late but be up again on tuesday for work worst case scenario is i can just take the tuesday off as well which, given the availability of people, like Sebastian might be done with his exams by then, uh, he can just fill in or, or Liam if he can get hold of him. He's not. He wants to work and we're not giving him enough work. I mean, he suddenly had a shitload of work last week, which he was all right with, but Saturday came up and he's like, no, I can't do that. So it's a little confusing. I guess, you know, he does have that other job. It's like driving a courtesy bus for an RSL or something. So he's not completely stranded. We need more work so we can get a third driver in who's like solid and can just jump on everything. But it's not an industry where there's a huge amount of like highly skilled, reliable people lying around waiting to jump into. The barriers to entry are low. And I guess it's like when the economy's good, which apparently is kind of doing okay right now, there's not a lot of demand for work in it. If it's busy, we'd take people. We could certainly use the drivers, but the economy's so good that yeah, they're going for better jobs and we just have to make do. But I like that I feel invested in the business enough to care. Like all my other jobs, I was just like, oh, I just want to turn up, get my check, and go home. And I really didn't care how well... I mean, it wasn't that I didn't care. I just knew that there would never be an issue. With prisons, there was always going to be more criminals. People were always going to need trains. They were always going to need buses and that sort of thing. So um, with this, it's it's a lot less certain that it's going to be around forever so that does play on my mind a little bit Um, in 20 years this is still going to be a thing that we can do fingers crossed and as as much as yeah i can just stay home and watch netflix the damage that would do to your self-esteem to your will to live and and to provide for your children and go out and do the things you want to do it's just too much so if things do go south in 10 or 20 years and i'll be in an age where it's like not going to be super easy to find other work so that be an issue but hopefully by then my license will be a lot cleaner and i could probably go into other driving work as long as there's some around so yeah i'll get by somehow we're, we're good for at least a couple more years so i'll just keep making hay while the sun shines as they say so there's that i went out had a good time so i think i'll keep doing more of that there's apparently a whole little trance scene family i nearly went out again last night after watching the movie but it was like 9 30 the thing started at 10 no one that was going I knew too well I was like yeah I know them on Facebook it was this Halloween type thing right near Central Station it was like a little club night but it was very much more hardcore UK hardstyle breakbeat grungy dark industrial techno or something like that I don't know exactly but from the clips that I heard I was like yeah that's definitely not trance and it's not really I've got to an age where I'm like yeah I need to be kind of into I can't just turn up and have a good time no matter what's going on, I need to, uh, and I think I've always been a little bit like that. I need to be kind of into as much as I like. Can't just read about music or, or like I never go online and read reviews of an album. I, just, I need to hear the thing. Whereas I'll read for hours about a movie I haven't seen, or even a book I haven't read. Music, I'm like, I need. Can I listen to it? And then you stop it and go, this bit's really good because of this. I could probably watch that if they do reviews that way, but I just haven't come across that. But yeah, so I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm like a music tragic like you hear interviews with some artists and they go on about all these the structure of it and the combination of different styles and all that sort of thing it's amazing it's like a whole world of science and art and it's like i am a complete amateur but i know that i like trance and as long as it's done a certain way and this guy airwave he's on point he's going to be down in melbourne and he's going to be playing with if i go to the Ticket page, which I haven't quite committed to yet. It took me a while to commit to Airwave when he came up to Sydney, but I eventually got the tickets and I was in like the second wave, so they didn't cost too much. But this one, it's called Unity. It's very Causton, who's also quite well known. And I've heard of a couple of clips from different other events that he's been to. It's the same tagline, like that Unity tour or whatever they're doing. And it sounds amazing. So I'm like, oh, I really want to do this. And... You know i'm only down in melbourne for that weekend and it happens to be on that weekend so it is kind of tempting track at uh, in Turak, so i know that's reasonably central should be able to get to it and then drive back to the hotel so why not but it's fifty dollars that's what's holding me back i'm a cheapskate i'm like oh can i do it i'm gonna wait a little bit it's the final release i didn't get either of the the early bird or the first release i don't know how much they would have been like i can try and click on it and it's no it just doesn't like that happened. Maybe they were 30-something. If I want to do it, I should just do it. Yeah, so that was it. There was the history thing. I thought there were some cool facts. I'm running out of time because I do want to try and get onto other stuff today. I need to play some Skyrim. It'd be nice, which I haven't played for a few weeks. and I'm probably going to get back in and forget exactly what I'm doing or who I am and where I am. And I don't think it's the kind of game you can leave for weeks. It's that intense. You need to remember what you're up to. and all right, We'll see. That'll be like a post-long-gap review can you pick up Skyrim again after like I think it's been over a month because I just I had to do that beyond the con review slash article which I haven't done any more of for October yet of course then I was doing the podcasting into editing and I just had all this other stuff going on I haven't got around to it so yeah and I'm not sure what to do because something else happened there's some news hi cat She's sitting on my computer. Hopefully everything is fine. Don't break anything. That's got to get lost on tangents. But basically, both the cats are fighting behind the computer. One of them knocked a cable and that's it. I lost the monitor. I tried different cables. I tried different monitors. The computer was on. I didn't want to shut it down because I had editing halfway through of the last banana split one, I believe. Yeah, it was banana split. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to just turn that thing off and on again and hope that it's saved somehow. And thankfully, unlike the time that it reset, it had saved the project, so I could start from where I'd left off. Yeah, now I can't basically turn off the monitor. If I do that, I'm trying to turn it, try and turn it back on. No matter which cable or which monitor is plugged in, the computer will just be like, "No, you've lost your image. You cannot get the access to whatever you're looking at again." So I have to restart. Pretty much now, the monitor never never gets turned off. But I've noticed it does reset more often. I don't know what. Started that, but if I go away from an hour or two and come back, it, everything's restarted. <laughs> Nothing ever works that perfectly around here. God, that, that phone just keeps bloody going off. I'll get that in a sec. Uh, yeah, but the other news was Netflix. It's all happening. Cage, cancelled. Iron Fist, cancelled. Defenders, cancelled. Jessica Jones, probably cancelled next. Daredevil Season 3, just dropped. That's what I want to do a little bit of review about tonight on banana split so i'll start watching that instead of playing skyrim at least get two or three eps out and i'll have something to say hopefully Jaden will watch some too peter will finish work and we'll throw some stuff on on tape the other thing that's happening is the only reason they're doing that hopefully is so they can put them on their disney channel which kicks off next year somewhere near the end of 2019 so hopefully they've already started filming by then and have it ready to go is maybe they can do Heroes for Hire, which was Luke Cage and Iron Fist in the same show, basically, as uh, in that universe, running around as, like, an investigative team. So, hopefully, obviously, that would include Jessica Jones as well, and then they just go full-time into hero stuff, and that would be good. That's the only thing that makes sense. Why is that phone still going? I don't know. That's obviously more than one text. But, yeah, so that's kind of disappointing That Netflix loses all the MCU stuff. It just means... And that was one of the only things... No, not really the only thing. But that was a big part of why I liked Netflix. It was always ready to go. And I just caught up on all of that stuff. And now I've got to watch Daredevil. Punisher Season, I think, 3? No, Punisher Season 2 will drop soon after that. And then, God knows, that might be the end of all the Marvel stuff for quite a while, so I'll have to catch on. I might have to switch to DC for a bit, because they got that Black Lightning, which isn't very good, but it's possible. Then they've got all that other edgy stuff coming out that's a bit darker, like Titans. And even the preview running had like a trailer, and it looked really cool. It was for those guys that run around through history. <laughs> and I've forgotten their names. Legends of Tomorrow? Yeah, that's them. That looks really cool. It's got Constantine, and... A lot of edgy humor like there's a unicorn and it's just basically impaling people and magic slipped into the universe somehow and they have to like basically be Ghostbusters and run around and catch all these magical entities so it looks really cool and they run through time which is fun so it's a bit of Doctor Who combined with superheroes combined with magic it's it just like bring it on so I've got to find a way to watch that and there's I saw a preview for Castle in the sky no that's not what it's called High Tower anyway it's an alternative history where uh, the Nazis won and man in the high tower either way I'll have to get bloody Amazon and start watching that because it sounds amazing and I'll obviously have some other good stuff on there like I'll finally be able to see what Jeremy Clarkson and the boys have been up to I think that got cancelled too yeah but at least I'll see what their final output their final content to the universe was at least in terms of like over like expensive video productions. Because, to be honest, as fun as they were, like, how long can they keep doing that? And there's only so many nuanced interpretations of, like, stunts and different hijinks they can get up to before it gets a bit derivative. But I uh, love the boys, so, yeah, I'll have to watch that. Watch Man in the High Town, they've got a bunch of other stuff on there. Should make up for the fact that Marvel's been deleted from Netflix, basically. I've nearly finished, like, season two of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency which I just happened to come across again the other day. And I was like, oh my God, this is so good. This is like, you need to drop acid and watch this. And hopefully you can, your attention doesn't wander because it's really worth um, sticking with. And it's just surreal and it's fantastic. And I recommend it. So there's that. And we're nearly at an hour already. How did that happen? No, we're not. I don't know what I was looking at. I was looking at the time, but we've gone long enough. The final piece, the final piece of the puzzle. Uh, from what's on the top of my head was the history thing. So this is the start of the thread. It can be funny, disturbing, anything in between. My personal favorite fact is this guy named Ivan the Cabbage was emperor of Bulgaria, started life out as a simple peasant. By 1277, man had an entire army of angry peasants and Emperor Constantine was having none of it and attempted to put down the rebellion. Ivan is said to have personally killed the emperor in combat. He then stomped Mongol raiders in northern Bulgaria, defended against the Byzantines after marrying the Emperor's second wife. I know there's more to that. I'm thinking is this Vlad, the Impaler? No, it's Ivan the Cabbage. Anyway, that was the start of a long like, period of like, these guys don't fuck with them. Anyone in that area, like Romania, Bulgaria, they were hardcore throughout most of that. few hundred years there anyway. That's 1277. I know, right up to the 1500s. They're pretty fucking hardcore. So respect that the whole impaling thing, that was part of the psychological warfare of anyone that comes things would get bad for them. so They were pretty, they punched well above their weight, anyway, that entire region. So, in France, during World War One, prostitutes would charge more money if they had syphilis. That's because a soldier contracting the disease would get one month off to the hospital, escaping the harsh conditions of the trenches. Huh, did not know that. How do they prove they've got syphilis? I don't know. I've been sick, I uh, thought I was better last week, and then it really came on hard. So, hopefully my nasal, n- Sniffing and everything isn't too painful for the listener. There's a couple more tidbits here. The first known formal religious debate, organised by the Mongols, ended thusly, and it's beautiful. Finally, as the effects of the alcohol became stronger, the Christians gave up trying to persuade anyone with logical arguments and resorted to singing. The Muslims, who did not sing, responded by loudly reciting the Quran in an effort to drown out the Christians, and the Buddhists retreated into silent meditation. That's quite cool. I don't know exactly when that was or where that was. I believe it. And Thailand offered to send elephants to the USA during the Civil War. Lincoln declined on the basis that steam engines make the elephants more trouble than they're worth, but was grateful and deferential in his reply. And you can click on that and, and find it. It's a real thing. Thailand persist- participated in World War One when it was coming to an end. They sent troops to France for training. By the time they would finish their training, war was officially over. 19 soldiers lost their lives or to disease, except one other who died before reaching France. CM uh, became one of the League of Nations, participated in the peace treaty, and was awarded with confiscated German submarines. I've got to know the story of the submarines. And P.S. Serbia lost so many people that it could never recover. I don't know why that's P.S., because it doesn't really mention Serbia up to that point, but that's kind of where it started, I guess, so that's relevant, the war with the whole France Ferdinand. Oh, yeah, and going. Thinking, speaking of war... Uh, it's getting very interesting with this whole Saudi Arabia business. Uh, I've got to mention that. Hamal Khashoggi, or is it Jamal? His death raises questions about Saudi Arabia's crown prince. And there was supposed to be a huge conference happening in Saudi Arabia soon, but all the sponsors are pulled out and a lot of the attendees are just like, no, we're not going to do that. That's a short term, uh, response to the hacking up and torture of a American citizen journalists who went in to renew his passport or something in a embassy in Turkey and it's pretty fucked up they can just do what they want a bunch of the Crown Prince's personal guard flew over and basically tortured the guy and it was not pretty he uh, they denied anything but the Turkish CCTV and other investigations proved that it, he came in he didn't come out his wife was it his girlfriend either way his partner had his, uh, phone and he had his Apple watch recording everything, which is a bit of a, how do you not, they didn't realize his watch was basically, there's audio of him being tortured because they're like, oh, it's just a watch. So let's not even look at it and pretend everything's fine. And of course, Trump has totally backed Saudi Arabia's version of events because there's a hundred billion dollars worth of oil on the cards and, or Or from what I've read on Reddit, they're worried about Saudi Arabia, basically, they've got a $110 billion arms deal with the country. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty big deal. But they also sell oil for US dollars, which if they stop doing that, if they start accepting yuan or euros, then shit goes bad. The US dollar will, inflation will happen and it fucks them up, so you got to break a few eggs, even if in, those eggs include journalists to make an omelette, apparently. Uh, and I can't see a way out of it. It's just going to get buried in the news cycle. So it's kind of fucked up. It's just one of those little things. It's, it's like a small little... It's not little for the guy himself, but in terms of worldwide news, it's just going to slip under the radar. And But it, it accretes. Like it's just... It's going to build. It seems more likely, given history, that little annoying assassinations and repression will just continue until shit gets really really bad and everyone rises up and it just the cycle starts again so i am not enough of an expert or a scholar to really comment properly on this but i just know that it smells bad and i can't see that things are gonna get done like to fix it like there's certain people that basically seem to have Carte blanche to do whatever they want, and Baathist Saudi Arabians are really, really high on that list of people that can do whatever the fuck they want. Are they Baathist? Have I got that wrong? Wahhabist, sorry. They're the two different um, sects that were in Iraq. So I'm not sure. I think Baathist is an Iraq thing. But Wahhabi and Shia, they're the. See, it's really showing my ignorance here. I picked up that much, but yeah, Wahhabist Muslims. like a really full-on interpretation of the Quran and not to be messed with. And this guy has a combination of ISIS ideology and fuck-off money. So, like, you might not be running around cutting heads off on live TV. They're doing it behind closed doors. But in my mind, they're still just as evil. And I don't want to be, like, Muslim bashing because that's too fucking lazy and obvious. Like, I don't want to be one of those... What's his name? That Aussie Nazi... Blair. I mean, this is where the power is with this guy. Just that that one thing is fucked up. And it shouldn't be exploited for racist rhetoric, but it should definitely be noticed. It just should not be. Basically, what I'm saying is his death shouldn't be allowed to die to go quietly into the dying night. Uh, (laughs) That's as clean as I'm going to end on that one. And looking at the rest of the news, the Wentworth. By election went badly for the Liberals. They kicked out, they had a leadership spill. We're like, we're going to be fine. Oh, wait, we need a by election now. And they lost. So, for the first time ever, apparently, in that seat. And, uh, at least in 100 years or something. And essentially, since Federation. So, that's basically ever since that was a seat. And went from the Liberals to an independent. And now there's a hung parliament. So, nice one, Scott Morrison, you wanker. And yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. Basically, I think Labor's pretty much a cert for the next elections. And uh, hopefully they can repair some of the damage the Liberals have done. Even though I'm not really sure about who's the Labour guy. <laughs> Again, I'm not much of an expert on politics, but I I do know that the Liberals are a share of cunts. And are in it for the money and short term gain. The Labour aren't much better, but they're slightly better. So you've gotta just sort of take the least defensive option really sometimes lesser of two evils and all that i'm more for like a lot of independents that care about the big picture and where they are locally that seems to be like i mean it shit would take longer to do they need to change the whole system basically uh there goes my phone again i'm gonna have to go check that but for now that's solid 60 i'll make it a short one this week uh thanks for listening stick with us we'll be around for more from melbourne Reporting to you then, and hopefully, it will be online because the last banana split didn't go up yet, apparently, in the apps, even though it's published on the new Omni system. So, I'll have to keep an eye on that. I messaged Anthony yesterday, who's my man, apparently, that runs the network that I'm on now. Not super fast at getting back to me, but it was the weekend. Like, he does a lot of comedy nights and he's quite busy during the weekend, so you know, I've got to just chill and let things happen in their own time but you know it is a little this is like the one slightly constructive thing i do so i'm like why doesn't everyone else jump up and down with me keep you posted on everything that's happening it's been pretty good generally so let's uh hope that things stay on the up and up all right it's been a solid 60 you have one too peace out brothers and sisters